You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness, and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness and physiology right now. We've been keeping up to date on all developments in the news, and we follow all government regulations very carefully and completely, even distancing ourselves from others more than authorities would recommend. In this episode, Dr. Nader explains that there's more we can do. Using this time alone as an opportunity for growth and to beat the challenge of this pandemic. Welcome everyone. It is great to be together, even though the circumstances that the world is going through are not at all what we can call ideal, but it's a situation that is uh, serious, but there is no point to panic. We can overcome it. Uh, human intelligence, human mind, human consciousness can do what is necessary to overcome any such threats and challenges. We trust in our creativity, our potential, and in our togetherness to do something that is absolutely great out of even most challenging situations and circumstances. I'd like first to salute the medical and scientific professions for their dedication, their ability to stand in front of such a threat and be really the defenders of life, the defenders of wholeness, the ones who uh, dedicate themselves to remove suffering and to alleviate pain and disease and problems. Also to all the health authorities and the authorities of every nation and how the world is coming together to combat a common threat, a common problem that we are all facing. There have been, of course, many recommendations that uh, have come from our local governments, national governments, and from the World Health Organization, and the entire world general togetherness in getting statistics, in analyzing what works, what doesn't seem to work, what works better, and in isolation. And also all the leaders on the political level who are looking forward to maintain a society that is balanced, that can recover from this, that nobody actually comes out of it with suffering or lack uh, of living conditions being not so ideal. And therefore, it's a common endeavor. And today we want to highlight a few of the recommendations that have been uh, given out, which are very important and at the same time go into some aspects that maybe have been overlooked and that can be very important, not only for this pandemic, but for prevention of all pandemics in the future and all kinds of such issues that might happen and problems that are of an international character. So I welcome you all. It's wonderful to be together. And especially today, we have a special audience all over Latin America. So. Hola, bienvenidos a todos de América Latina. It's wonderful to be with everyone. 
I want to start by saying that there are aspects that help us to fight this pandemic that are of different natures. Of course, there is something we can do on the physical level. There are chemicals, medicines, vaccines that are important, are being developed, uh, are in the process of coming out and stopping this issue. There are things we have to do physically also for the body to maintain it healthy so that it can itself fight the disease, which means make the immune system strong and keep ourselves healthy so our body can defend itself. And that is the peculiarity of the situation is that generally viruses do not have uh, really, in most cases, direct treatment. You know, it's not like bacteria where if you have an infection, we have antibiotics. Antibiotics generally, except in very rare cases and situations, do not work on viruses. And there are antiviral medicines, antiviral drugs, of course, but they seem to be specific to different kinds of viruses. And that's why there is something to be done in researching what would be the best approach to take care of the coronavirus that we are facing today. And the scientists and medical profession are doing a wonderful job in this direction, in this research for finding such medicine. But there is also our human body, which is ultimately the basic and most important aspect of defense because we have an immune system that fights whatever is foreign, foreign materials that are uh, recognized by the immune system that are tracked and they are fighting these foreign invaders such as viruses. And we have to maintain our immune system strong and healthy. And we will discuss a few points that have been generally recommended, but also some additional aspects, maybe from Ayurveda, from the different ancient knowledge that help also in this direction. There is another aspect which influences the ability of the human body to defend itself and to react against such problems and diseases. And that is often ignored, and that is the mind, our mind. And that I would like also to discuss with you and take it to a further level, which is our collective mind, or even more profoundly, our collective awareness, our collective consciousness, and how real that is and how it can truly contribute to prevention and cure in the present and for the future. Let me first take a moment to tell you about a specific kind of disease that is a mental problem. And I'm saying this so that you realize the importance of the mind and the body. There is a disease that affects, for example, about 200,000 persons a year. It's not a huge number, but just for the United States, there are 200,000 cases that are seen. And it's called Dissociative Identity Disorder, DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. It used to be called in the past multiple personality, and I'm sure many have heard about it. And it's a process in the mind where the psychology of the person, the mind of the person, changes from one kind of personality, one kind of identity, to another kind of identity. So if it is Mr. John so-and-so who has this job such and such, 
and has that physical buildup and these physical specificities, this person can change at unknown kind of situations, usually under stress or different kinds of specific situations, into a different personality. So one can imagine, okay, this is a psychological problem, something's happened in the mind. What has been found is that actually many physiological aspects change also. For example, and I want to take a very specific uh, example because it relates to the immune system and the reactions of the immune system. For example, somebody who is in one personality might really feel uh, good about eating, let's say, strawberries. There is no problem. He likes strawberries and they are fine and they are digested and there is no problem whatsoever. But it was found that certain cases that when the personality changes, so when this person who is usually, let's say, mellow and nice and kind, becomes, let's say, more aggressive or fearful, or has anxiety, and even they change their, sometimes their identity, who they are, their name, etc., then it's not just a change in the mind, a change in the setup of the mind, but it's also a change in the physiology and in these cases that have been documented scientifically, there might be a change in the allergic reactions. So that, for example, and this is a theoretical example, but it has been studied and it is known, that person that we took as an example can become allergic to strawberries, which means if they eat strawberries, they get inflammatory response, their body reacts, their whole physiology become activated, and they overreact to the situation that is uh, facing them, which is just having eaten strawberry. And it's the exact same person. However, they have shifted in their minds from one kind of identity, we used to call it personality disorder, uh, and personality, multiple personality, but it's really an identity shift. And they change from one identity in their mind to another identity, and there, in the second identity, they have physiological reactions, meaning they are allergic, for example, to some aspects of food or some uh, aspects of herbs or plants or whatever that they are not allergic to when they are in their regular personality, in their usual personality. Why I'm taking this example? It is because we realize here the importance of the mind, the importance what's happening in the psychology, in the feelings. And they are very important in modulating the way our physiology works. We know that there is now a science, a study of what we call psycho-neuro-endocrino-immunology. It's a long <laughs> word which says that there is an influence from the mind on the nervous system, the nervous system on the endocrine system, which is the hormones and the secretion of hormones, and from the hormones, an important influence on the way the immune system reacts. And I'm saying this to alert us all that our mind plays a very powerful role in this situation because it is dealing with a reaction to a foreign material, which is the virus, and the body has to balance this reaction in such a way that it can destroy the virus, but not destroy the body, not overreact and be overreactive to the body. 
And the mind is very important. And we are all now under situations of isolation, confinement, lockdown, separation. And this can create a situation of stress and strain or fear and panic. And these do not help us. We need absolutely to have a healthy mind as well as a healthy body. On the level of the body, what is very important is to rest well, have good sleep, to eat properly, to avoid things that are damaging to the body, for example, smoking or drugs or the use of excess, excessive alcohol intake and excessive food intake. So we want to have a good routine of proper diet, balanced diet, because that helps, of course, the physiology to work well, but also give ourselves good rest and good routine so that the body knows when it's eating, when it's sleeping, when it's doing, and no, not mess up the life and mess up the situation so that we eat all the time, uh, we, we sleep anytime and all of that. So this regularity is very important. And it's important not to eat except when you are hungry. So we don't want to accumulate heaviness during this period of time. Also, we're coming into a period of spring where in the Ayurvedic tradition, and we had a discussion about that different body types. This is when kapha, which is the heaviness of the body, the secretions, etc., increases in springtime. And therefore, we want to avoid things that increase that, for example, dairy products, we avoid as much as possible, even cheeses, we avoid sugar a lot, as much as we can for, of course, not gaining weight, but also for having this balance in the physiology. And it's very important to be balanced in our vitamins intake, particularly vitamin C and vitamin D, and uh, some elements that are like magnesium, selenium, and zinc. You know, these are elements that can lack sometimes in certain diets. And what is also very important is exercise. To keep the body moving, the blood circulation moving, to raise the heart rate a little bit, and to do exercise and keep moving. Because the body has a need to have this immune system sending its blood everywhere and circulation of uh, these different mechanisms of reaching different parts of the body and uh, in stimulating certain hormones and certain transmitters that actually help to balance the physiology and keep it healthy. So don't sit too long in one place, move uh, regularly and move regularly in home if you are in isolation or outside if you can take a little walk. This is very important. These are just a few things that we can do on the level of the physiology. We can, of course, we check on, on what uh, other authorities and uh, leaders in the field, if they discover something that is needed. So these are not really cures for, again, for the coronavirus, because some people have proclaimed certain things to be cures, you know, like uh, having um, gargling or drinking even some, some different chemicals, etc. We really do not go into that until we follow our medical profession and it's described and given by the medical authorities when they give them. 
Now, in Ayurvedic medicine, there are different procedures that can help. For example, you wake up in the morning, you clean the tongue, uh, you do uh, gargling with salt water. You can also do nasya, it is called, which means cleaning up the sinuses and cleaning up the uh, passages of the, of the respiratory tract from the outside. So for this, for example, you take some water, you boil it, about a glass of water, you put a teaspoon of salt and you dilute it well and then you don't, have, you don't swallow it, you just let it go in and then throw it out. This helps in cleaning up the system. Again, these are not systems of cure for the disease. They are something to keep the system as healthy as possible. Now, on the mental level, it's very important if you practice meditation to do it regularly. Certainly, transcendental meditation has been proven to strengthen the physiology, give deep rest, and strengthen the immune system. And research has shown that it decreases the exposure to infectious diseases. But if you don't have transcendental meditation, take time to be inwards. This is the time when we are being called upon, the whole world situation is calling uh, humanity, if you like, to go inwards. And let's use this time for the best possible uh, results and use it to make it a springboard for an activity that will be after this period that is healthy and strong. And so we want to come out of it with a healthy mind as much as a healthy body. And for this, there are some recommendations that we can give. For example, listening to music. There are specific chantings that can be uh, listened to. There are breathing exercises, which is called pranayama, where you breathe from one nostril and then breathe from the other. You know, besides the yoga that can be done, the yoga exercises that can be helpful. The main thing is to maintain a good routine and have an attitude that is positive without obviously forcing ourselves in any way. And this, there are certain techniques which we can adopt that help us. And these include, for example, thinking of solutions for the situations that we are facing. If we are at home and we are facing a situation of stress and strain, then don't think of the problems think of the solution of the problems. Of course, in order to find the solution, you have to analyze the problem. So, of course, we use our intellect and we think of how actually to be happy, how to be uh, sane in mind and body. And for that, of course, we have had recommendations of having different distractions, you know, solving puzzles, even watching movies, try to watch movies that are comics, that are happy movies, that bring a good feeling in, in the mind. And try to be inward during certain periods of the day, certain periods of the time. The Transcendental Meditation Movement, for example, has created a, what we call Super Radiance Program, which is people are coming at the same time to practice their transcendental meditation technique and all the advanced techniques that they have. And these are listed, we can, you can find them listed in different places. You can even find them on the website that is drtonynader.com. There is a 
chart which shows the different time zones. So if you are practicing transcendental meditation, check out these times and join them. And if you are not, you can even join them by taking a time off and closing the eyes and being within. Now, there are attitudes that we can take. People say you should be positive, think of positive things. This is very nice and uh, when possible, of course, uh, try to do it. But what is very important also is to think of others, which means instead of being too attached to one's own situation, personally, when we are at home and confined, which is natural to have anyway, so whether one can say, do it or don't do it, everybody will be concerned with their own personal situation, but try to be also giving time to others and thinking of others. This is very nourishing to the mind. It's very positive, it's very unifying, it's very strengthening. For this, I want to tell you a joke, which is uh, very interesting. It seems, you know, in the joke that people went to afterlife and they went to heaven or they had to go to hell. And then they were being shown some rooms and the rooms were the same. They all had absolutely great food and beautiful things to eat and to delight in and they were all on the table. But the people could not reach the food except with some forks, very long forks. And so you can take the fork and put it in the food. The problem is that the forks are very, very long. And so there was a place where it's called hell, you know, it's a joke, of course. But, and in that place, uh, the people were trying to take the food and put it in their own mouth, and it was impossible because the fork was too long. And so they would try and try and keep trying and keep suffering. And in the side which was called heaven, it was actually the same kind of situation with same food, same fork, same everything. And people were sitting there and they were actually, what they were doing, they were taking the food and feeding each other. So by feeding each other, they were all enjoying the heavenly life with all kinds of satisfaction, at least from eating. What this example tells us is that really, if you think of others and others think of you, there is so much richness that comes and there is so much greater strength and ability to enjoy and ability to feel uh, the others and share with them and togetherness do something. Now we talk a lot about social distancing, which is very important and we follow the rules very strictly on the physical level. But maybe this is a time to think of also spiritual closeness and to be together, all kinds of people from all kinds of faith, from all kinds of background are now together in that problem. And we are as a humanity facing it and trying to solve it. We have been forced to be inwards, but and distancing ourselves from others on the outside. But if we come together on the inner value, on the value of the being of the self, and these small gestures, when you are at home, be careful, you know, what the others want, what the others' happiness is, what they are concerned about, what they are worried about. 
because it has been shown that the more you are able to transcend the fear of wanting your own happiness just for yourself and too much stressing on that and too much thinking about that, then you actually get more happy. You get more satisfied. You get more fulfilled to think of others' needs. You know, something we all want is to be loved and to find the person that loves us and take care of us. And sometimes it's more precious and more important to find people who are accepting our love or wanting our love and taking our love and our ability to give love and to give to others something, something precious. But to be able to give something precious to others, we have to be ourselves as high and as big as possible, as happy and as strong as possible. So we take care of ourselves as a primary responsibility, but then in our attention outwards, we think of the others, we think of those who are around us. And we enjoy the means also. You know, sometimes we say that the goal justifies the means and like that. And in the highest level of wisdom, of knowledge and wisdom, it's actually not to be attached to the goal that is important. So let us not be fearful. Let us not be spending our time, what's going to happen, and read the news every other minute, etc. I think we should read the news only twice a day or maximum three times a day, be well informed from good sources to know what is going on, but not overstress ourselves. Let's make the life a beautiful routine of time of inward analysis and thinking of solutions, thinking of solutions. So when you close the eyes for those who don't meditate, you can see where the mind takes you. And if there is a problem, an issue, think how to solve it. Think of the solution for it, you know, and think what's the ideal situation. And you can think of your daily life, of what you're doing at home. You can think of your work, your job, your ideals in life, where you want to go and what you want to achieve. And then think of it in the most positive, holistic way. Now, sometimes it's possible some people can say, when I think of the ideal situation, I hope that this person who is my enemy, you know, goes away and like that and like this. These are not necessarily the most positive solution. If you have an enemy, what you think about is how you can make your enemy your best friend or how can the enemy or the person is disturbing you in work or job or life, how you can turn them into somebody who is most useful to you, most helpful to your life. And therefore, always think of positive things and things that are bringing us all together because there is something very profound about life and that is the unity on the level of consciousness, on the level of being. Life is like a movie that is taking place and we go through this movie and we experience that movie. But this movie is happening on the screen, on a screen. And the screen is a screen of consciousness, the screen of awareness. If you don't have a screen, you don't have a movie. So if you have a screen that is not clean, that is dirty, that is wrinkled, then your movie will not be as clear and as beautiful and you will not see clearly what is going on, what is happening. 
The screen is a screen of consciousness. Screen, this is awareness. It is on our awareness, on our consciousness, that the body and the mind are happening and are taking place and are expanding and are growing to discover higher and higher aspects of life. And if this screen is clear and perfect, then you can enjoy the true aspects of life and you can actually see more. Now, this screen of consciousness is that on which we see our life. It's that on which we make decisions. Is that by which we find solutions and we expand ourselves and we see clearly. It is like the light that removes the darkness. If you have a dark room, then there are many things in that room that you cannot get hold of because you don't see, it's dark. If you bring the light, then you can see what is there. And there is an individual reality of consciousness as well as a collective reality of consciousness. I usually or sometimes use the example of a neuron in the brain and the neuron has its own reality. It is a physical structure that has a brain, which is its DNA that has digestive system, that breathes, that actually transmits information, electrical and chemical, and exchanges information with the other neurons. And this neuron, together with the other neurons, creates a collective reality of our brain or our nervous system. And therefore, with our brain, we have a higher level of consciousness, a higher level of awareness, because we can see all what these specific neurons see, and together we see much more. Now, it's the same situation on the social level, on the collective level. We as individuals, we are like neurons in this brain, which is the collective consciousness of society. And if the neurons individually are working properly and in coherence and connecting with each other properly, then the wholeness, the brain itself, the collective awareness of the nation or even the world in this case, is more awake and there is more light, more ability to see. So by going back to the self, to our self, to our consciousness as individuals, we are bringing the collective consciousness into a state of greater calm, greater clarity, and bringing the collective awareness to a level that it can start seeing more in the same way as if a dark room is lit, then there is more ability to see what is in the room. And if this is brought to light, if our collective consciousness is increased, then people will start finding the solutions. There will be solutions for this epidemic and there will be a global vision for a greater perspective of humanity going into making better and better and better decisions for life to be on earth, a heavenly life, a truly life of perfection, because we have in our human physiology and our human consciousness, the ability to rise to a very high level of awareness. What is needed is go back to the self and then act. Go back to the self will give the light, will clarify the screen of awareness, and then going out, the movie of life will be played in a most holistic, most complete way. 
this is a real thing that has been studied scientifically through the program of transcendental meditation. We have seen that when people come together and transcend, which means go beyond the surface activity of the mind, they enliven the awareness in society. And we have seen there is decrease in crime, decrease in conflict, improvement in economy, etc. And that means there is greater clarity on the collective level, on the collective level. So this is one more thing we can contribute, even during this time, even if we don't practice transcendental meditation yet, is during these times of super radiance or coherence that is being created. And I again thank and highly give gratitude to the leaders of the world who are asked for prayer for, from all religions, from all feelings, and come together for going back, going back to the self, contemplate and meditate on these higher values. There is something inward, there is something inward that is very important. You know, we say the mind is like an ocean, it's active on its surface, and the more you go in its depths, the more quiet it is. So when you are on the surface, you are being taken around by situation circumstances, which are the waves on the surface of the ocean, kicking one around right and left. And when you go deeper and deeper, this quietness is what gives strength and power to the waves. So the waves are good if they are using the power of the entire ocean. And if we think of prayer, Prayer on the surface is very surface-like prayer. It's not so profound and it doesn't reach its ultimate goal as effectively because you are having a desire on an excited surface level. Whereas in the silence in words, you are projecting your thought from the most powerful level of natural law which scientists are describing as more and more unified fields of nature until we reach the unified field, which is the source of all the surface values. And from that level, then the desires can be fulfilled. So there is a secret to how the mind can create an effect on the outside. If it's on the surface, it's very limited effect. But in any case, Whenever we want to achieve something, we achieve it on the basis of our thought. You know, people run around, they do this, they build a building, etc. They think it's the muscles of the body that are building the building. But actually, yes, it is, of course, it is the action that leads to the achievement. But what makes the action happen is the mind, is the thought. You first think something and then you act. Your mind thinks something makes your body do it. Your body does it if it's proper, it leads to achievement and fulfillment. So the origin of achievement of action is the thought and the origin of thought is consciousness. It's on the platform of consciousness that everything is achieved. So if we raise collective consciousness of society through our collective practice of going inwards, then our desires are projected from the deepest, most powerful level. We create clarity in collective consciousness, and that also will help even scientists and researchers and politicians and leaders make the right decisions and discover things that are good for the world. So there is an important factor in life, which is the root of life, 
and as we say, water the root to enjoy the fruit. So you put water on the roots of the tree, which are hidden, and then the outside value flourishes and emerges. So let us use this time of inward direction to bring ourselves back to the inside, back to the self, and nourish all the outer values from that beautiful time that we would spend. And then we will overcome this epidemic and this pandemic. There will be no question about it. Humans will come out very strong, powerful, and they will overcome it because we have consciousness. We have awareness. And through our awareness, we can make the right decisions when the awareness is clear. Let's create that atmosphere of clarity and strength and allow all the steps of progress evolution to go in the right direction for maximum fulfillment in life and overcome not only this epidemic, but all other kinds of issues and epidemics that, might, that we might face in terms of energy, the climate, the environment, the you know, uh, use and control of artificial intelligence and all kinds of genetic engineering and all of that. All of these are potential threats for our life. And let's use this time to collect ourselves and realize the importance of consciousness, the importance of awareness on the individual level and on the collective level so that we can overcome any potential threat that might come of this kind or any other kind in the future. And we can do it. We can do it. Human evolution has come to a point or life's evolution has come to a point where we have this wonderful awareness, where we have this wonderful humanity that has, of course, is being criticized today that we are destroying the climate, we are doing this, we are doing that. Of course, there are mistakes that are being done and there are many mistakes and all of these can be corrected. But on top of it, on the most important aspect of it is that we have something absolutely marvelous that human life has created, that development of humanity has created. And that's why great religions, great philosophies uphold human being on the top level. You know, humans were created in the image of God. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Consider yourself to be an atom in which the whole universe has folded itself. This is true. This is true. Let no one put humanity down just because there are some mistakes here and there. Humanity has done something absolutely wonderful. Human beings are a joy to creation and they can continue to be a joy of, to creation if we raise our collective consciousness and live the dignity of life that this human physiology, human nervous system has given us, which is the ability to think, to plan, to understand the universe, to go to you know, outer space, to create cities, to protect ourselves. And we grow in protecting nature and protecting life and creating balance. It is going to be absolutely a wonderful world. Let us be strong, trust what we have, trust our consciousness, and rise to a very high level of achievement and fulfillment and use this special time for these purposes rather than you know, spending time in fear and panic and being afraid of things. So we are gloriously together and we look forward to more and more these discussions. And I can see that there are some questions that are coming.
And one of the questions is, some of us who are living in Southern Hemisphere, please can you tell us about autumn recommendations? Uh, yes, we can, we can do that. There will be uh, different, different meetings that we will have. I'd like to take this opportunity to invite you for those who like to join, that I will be giving uh, some specific instructions, uh, even for those who don't meditate, what they can do with the mind, what they can do with the body. And we've organized this through a website, which is drtonynader.com, D-R-T-O-N-Y-N-A-D-E-R, which is my name. So D-R-T-O-N-Y-N-A-D-E-R.com. And there you can see the super radiance, you can see the ability to subscribe, and uh, we will have meetings. Uh, and I plan some meetings also with uh, Dr. Robert Roth uh, that we will do on podcasts and different meetings where we will be giving specific instructions for different regions and different conditions for the mind and for the body. Can our children participate in the global meditation also? Yes, they can. We can have a special techniques for them. Uh, also, I will do this uh, for those who like to join through the drtonynader.com website, and we will organize specific simple techniques of closing the eyes and just being on the self. Or if they are very young children, less than 10 years of age, we can also have something else for them. So from Hillary, I have, so you mean if we calm our minds and society will reflect this, Yes, indeed, exactly. There is a collective awareness. You know, you, if you want to say that a forest is green, what you want to say is that the individual trees are green and then the forest is green. We are really, truly connected. Nowadays, we can see this connectedness through even the social media. You know, if we are a neuron, we are, people are constantly receiving information through their phones. And this information is influencing the brain and the brain reacts in a certain way. So even on that superficial level, there is a change in awareness and reaction and in, in all of that. But there is something more than that. We are connected through the unified field of natural law. And, you know, that says a lot about how the universe is made. When physicists look at what the universe is made of. They ended up with molecules, and then they found the molecules are made out of atoms. The atoms are made out of elementary particles. The elementary particles have been found to be excitations of fields and fluctuations of the fields, and then different fields were discovered and described. And then more and more scientists are unifying these fields, and now there is a theory of what we call the unified field, which is a theory, super string theory, or the other theories, you know, that describe that actually there is one entity, one reality that manifests as different fields. Those manifest as atoms. Atoms come together to create molecules. Molecules become together objects and create the universe. So there is a field that is truly the source of everything. And in transcendental meditation, we say that the mind transcends and it goes beyond the surface level, beyond the waviness of the surface level, to the depths of the ocean of consciousness. 
and experiences that unified field which is pure consciousness, pure awareness. And that pure awareness is actually the source of everything. So from that level of wholeness, of calmness, you can calm the environment, you can calm the whole collective consciousness. Many of us have had the experience of you go into a room and you feel, I don't feel good in that room. You go into another place, another house or another room and you feel there is something very special. There is something very special. And this is because maybe in that previous room, people were angry or unhappy or something has happened and you feel it. And in some other place, you know, you can go and you feel quiet and happiness. People maybe have been happy, have been transcending. You go into some worship places, you feel the calmness because people come, they pray, they think of something higher, of divine values, of good things. And there you feel this is conducive. Many of our meditators, even nowadays, they feel that this calmness that has been created is making their depths of transcending and experiencing the inner values even more easy to happen because there is this quietness. However, of course, there is also this fear and panic which we want to alleviate because it doesn't help our immune system and it doesn't help the collective consciousness. So we want to be strong and hopeful and we know we can do it and we will do it. And yes, indeed, the simple answer to your question is that if we are more calm, more quiet, more deep inside, then also society is going to be influencing that. Uh, I think we spent a, a good time on this chat and I send my salutations to all of you and particularly again, hola to Latin America. Take care, be happy and it will be beautiful. We will overcome it in a very easy way, hopefully. There might be some things, of course, where we will have to face challenges, but the sooner we come back to the self, the sooner will the scientists be able to discover remedies and then the, also the actions of the government will be most effective and quickly, hopefully, take over the situation and solve it in the fastest possible way. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.